Welcome to the Triple Confirmed Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price time, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, a five-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's date is September 23rd, and this is episode 105. So, as always, my friends, we've got a lot to talk about today. I will be joined by my good friend Jay and Pio. Welcome, guys. What's going on, man? Episode 105. Holy. Tell you what, man, I am honored to be a part of such an episode. <laughs> well, appreciate that. Yeah, we've been we've been really moseying it. These uh, podcast numbers are really adding up. So, yeah. It's incredible. I'll be getting you guys to do your normal thing. Jay going over his more than likely bearish analysis. P.O. to talk to us a little bit about the energy markets and the overall outlook of the economy in general. You just expect me to light the world on fire, don't you? Oh, I, I mean, it's, it's come to be expected, yeah. <laughs> All hope is lost, yeah. All right, Jay's joining, yep, they're going to zero. Oh, bullish hope from Potato. Just let me, just let me crap all over that real quick, hold on. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, happy to have you guys on. As always, guys, starting out with things on our macros. Unfortunately, last week was looking fantastic this week. Not so much. We've only got two more days until the weekly closes. There's very little time to turn ourselves back around, potentially re-triple confirming ourselves back down on the weekly uh, between Bitcoin, Ethereum, and many other asset classes right now. There's definitely, definitely some possibility of everything reversing again from this point here, but we are right on the edge of the most immediate trouble we've seen in a very long time. Um, as we've been discussing with the Dixie and the 10-year yield, uh, they continue to push into the top resistance level of 112 being the Dixie and the 10-year yield pushing above 3.5%, clearly now at around 3.7%. We were essentially were looking at maybe one to two more weeks to find resolution for what's going to happen here. So if we're going to see those charts reject and reverse, it has to be within this week coming or the week prior, or sorry, the week after um, the first week of October, we would need to see heavy, heavy rejections in those charts in order not to start breaking up into unforetold levels that we haven't seen in 20 plus years. Um, and of course, the opposite is clear for Bitcoin, the S&P and any type of altcoin. S&P still holding around its major level of 3,700. We are dancing below today, but again, being Friday, going into the weekend, you usually have overextension in either direction of, which, of where you're going. And at this point in time, there's a very good chance that open on Monday actually turns out to be not so bad. We start to show signs of turning around again. Um, same with Bitcoin and Ethereum. Obviously, Ethereum taking a much more harsher beating over the last two weeks just because of the merge and the POW token that came out. Miners selling their Ethereum as well, around 30% of the sell volume that we saw was thanks to miners. So it makes sense why it took a much harder tumble than Bitcoin in the same relative amount of time. And yeah, like I said, there's just, we're literally, literally on the edge here. 
but this is where they like to sit us down and freak everyone out before things turn around. And again, if they don't turn around, then we're breaking into territory that we haven't broken into in, as I said, for the Dixie and for the 10-year yield, it's about 20 years since we've seen levels such as this. So potentially very bearish case. We know that we have major support sitting at 19,000, Ethereum being right around 1280, where we are on both of these, and S&P major support sitting around 3,700. Major resistance being a 3.5 to 3.7 in the US 10-year, and the Dixie being around 112. So again, if we're going to make a decision, if we're going to see a reversal, it has to be within the next two weeks. And if not, if we just continue pushing in the same direction we've been pushing, at some point, the assets will fall off a cliff, the 10-year yield and the Dixie will start to go completely parabolic, again, pushing into levels that we have not seen in a very, very, very long time, upwards of 4%, 4.5% on the 10-year. The Dixie potentially pushing into the 119, all the way up to the 125 levels. Medium terms, as far as they go, we're actually not looking too bad. Between our 16-hour and our 4-hour, we can see that, we well, we weren't looking that bad. <laughs> the money flow had continued going. We still have medium-term bullish divergences on every low that we've had so far. We haven't invalidated any types of divergences in our midterms in the Bitcoin or ETH chart. We are potentially rejecting off the zero line here. Not confirmed yet. Uh, full-on rejection from the money flow. We are TC'd back in the 4-hour, but as we know, we've been invalidated three times already with the 4-hour TCs. I would be looking for something a little bit higher in the time frame, such as a 16-hour to be sure, or potentially a daily to be sure. Again, up until today, we were actually looking pretty good for some sort of potential re-triple confirmation, bullish divergence. Again, and potential break to the upside. Again, it's still very possible if we, especially if we start to push it up over the weekend and going into Monday looks good. Monday TC's back up, yada, yada, yada. Everything starts to fall in place. We need to see momentum. We need to see volume coming in behind these things um, because right now it just, there's, there's, there's no momentum to either direction. They are just playing the pirate in front of our faces and trying to stress everyone out before the final move is made, the decision of said move. Yeah, Jay, you want to go into what you're thinking? I see you have your chart pulled up. You got some things and such for us? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not really going to just talk about the end of the world, you know, even though obviously things don't exactly look that uh, bullish, I guess you could say. Um, but more so just targets I have in mind and specific levels that are really showing a lot of respect here so right now i have the bitcoin chart open on the monthly time frame and uh we've been triple confirmed down on the monthly since february uh so it's it's been quite a while obviously here um and uh it, we're so deep and far down in the the wolf pack here that it would take at least three months of serious bullishness to even get us back to the zero line uh, on the Wolfpack, just to give some like reference as to like how long it could take to even triple confirm back up on the monthly. 
Um, I know it's a giant time frame and a lot happens in that, you know, but it just kind of gives an overall perspective of what I'm seeing for the market as to how long it could actually take. You know, we go through that bottoming, more of that bottoming time for a little bit. We, we need to see that. We really still haven't seen that. Um, it feels like we've sat around 20K for a while, but in reality, it's only been a couple months. Um, and we know how long bear markets can last and how long bottom, bottoms can last. But the fact that we're so far down in the red here uh, really kind of gives me an idea that it, it might take longer than we're expecting, which means several things. You know, we're, we're talking about the Dixie possibly pumping. Uh, if you look at the Dixie on the monthly time frame, we actually have the triple uh, confirmation indicator actually showing us 125 as a top fib, which is kind of insane. Uh, you can see that the Wolfpack and RSI are just pointed up still nice and strong. Um, in my opinion, we're going to need to see some sort of bearish divergence on the monthly time frame here to really see a turnaround overall for the Dixie, not just a pullback. You know, but just an official turnaround where things are starting to taper back off and the other currencies start actually showing some real strength over time here. Uh, and right now it's still pointed up and we've pretty much invalidated just about any bearish divergence that was set up. We're actually higher than our previous peak back in March of 2015 on the Wolfpack as of right now. So we're invalidating bearish divergence from there. Um, so it's... Uh, it's kind of ugly in that regard, uh, but it's just another sign that coincides with Bitcoin maybe taking longer than we're expecting because there's just so much more going on in the macro environment. I know normally we're used to seeing, you know, some bear market that, excuse me, this is my first real bear market, of course, and I know you've seen bear markets before, but they were in a trending overall macro environment market to the upside, right? So what do you think about my thoughts there that this could take even longer than we're expecting and how do you feel about my thoughts with the the divergences being needed of course if i'm wrong just tell me to my face i'd like to be more bullish you know well i definitely don't think that you're wrong i think that there's definitely a possibility even just looking at the previous two bearish cycles um they were about 360 days and about 600 days in the last two cycles and we've seen about give or take 300 days of downside since we peaked out at about $68,000 here. So I would say that there's only, you know, as going back from history, there's only two real uh, choices there in which we have about another three months of sideways downside continuation. And then we finally find a bottom and continue, or we're potentially looking at the next year of downside continuation, uh, bearish market continuation type of deal. And as I said before in my analysis, this is really the precipice zone of the ultimate decision-making area about whether of what's going to happen for the next 6 to 8 to 12 months, where if we cannot find rejection in the tenure in the Dixie and the asset classes just keep bombing from these levels, we're breaking into new territory that opens us up for lots of lots of lower low types of price action. Mm -hmm. Right. And it would give validation for, as you said, the monthly, you know, getting continuation and working towards some sort of divergence before we see anything happen in the Dixie in the tenure yield 
and maybe potentially a more macro bullish divergence that's much mm-hmm. you know clearer in our weekly time frames or even a bullish divergence on the monthly right right that makes that that makes sense to me uh it's it's funny looking at the charts here too the uh how a lot of things are lining up here really is the i don't really use the rsi much it's not really a part of our strategy but it is interesting to at least have it pulled up because i know so many traders use it right so it's nice to know what they're looking at and you can kind of figure out where things may swing and a couple things to note is that we're actually lower on the monthly bitcoin rsi than we've ever been uh and that's that's pretty wild we actually uh it's funny you can actually draw a trend line on it here it's amazing how this works and you can draw like a horizontal trend line and you can see pretty much how we held this trend line as support in previous cycles in 2015 and then we held it in 20 uh the beginning of 2019 end of 2018 bear market and now look how we broke below it came back up to it and then rejected it at about 44 mm-hmm. pretty wild um it's, i don't know if that's just coincidence but it's kind of inter- interesting to see but we are in the bull- or bearish control zone now you know we're below the midpoint here back in previous markets once we entered that zone i mean we i would see on december december to october so that was 10 months back in 2015 and in the 2018 market it only took maybe about six months or so to get back out so mm-hmm. you know we're starting out we're on month uh, through may is when we entered and it's september so it's been four months now at this point so we can expect you know it, probably a little bit more time just based on previous cycles doesn't have to work that way but the fact that we're we're actually lower on the rsi and yet we're so much higher on the price that's encouraging for me for bitcoin's future price now it may mm-hmm. take a bit but that's some really nice hidden bullish divergence on the monthly rsi time frame now my thought process is we are going to need to see a bullish divergence a regular bullish divergence on it to follow this hidden bullish because we had a pretty obvious bearish divergence and our peak in 2021 there uh, I think we're going to need, and I've talked about this before, but of course not everyone listens to every podcast. Although if you're not, what are you even doing with your life? Come on now. But yeah, I think we're going to have to see that on the RSI as well to convince more traders and more institutions and more money to enter because they're seeing that sign. That's kind of the way I'm feeling here because we don't have any of that. The price, uh, the price chart is just agreeing completely with the RSI right now with lower highs, lower lows. So the bearish divergence swung us in the other direction and reversed the trend. And since then, we haven't reversed it back into bullish trend. So that, yet again, we talked about this many times over this last year or so while we've been trending downwards, that we may need to see a regular bullish divergence to follow here. This is what leads me into, uh, and for those of you that are watching my screen, I really think that this is going to happen here, and we'll see. I don't know. We'll, we'll see if the, uh, the prediction comes true. But if you can see the triple confirmation indicator here, the auto fib on the monthly, the bottom auto fib is at 10,700 on Bitcoin. And wow, that's almost uh, 50% down from here. And there's the bearishness, right? But the bullish case is that's also the 618 of our macro uh, fib here if you go from what is it uh, december 2018 low at about 3100 and then you go to the 69000 high 
of November 2021. If you take that poll, you'll see our 618 lines up pretty much right on the dot with that. So there's some really nice uh, confluence there to go along with obvious monthly closes here back in 2020, September 2020 and October 2020, where we held it as support, right? So we've got some really nice confluence here of a lot of things saying that there's, there's a really good chance we do end up coming down there. Now, in my opinion, if we were to, that's going to form the regular bullish divergence on the RSI, the Wolfpack, pretty much every indicator. Just watch. Yeah, we're going to get a regular bullish divergence to then follow this massive hidden bullish divergence to then reverse this in the other direction and go for another run. Um, so I'm just playing this really patiently. Honestly, I, I, you know, I'm not touching anything right now just because the macro environment looks so ugly in general, but especially with the Dixie doing what it's doing. So we talked about how it's pointed at the sky when the Dixie's pointed at the sky there. I still believe in correlation with risk on assets in the Dixie. I know it's not as strong as it used to be, but I still believe there's a pretty firm correlation in general. And when it's pointed up like that, that just tells me this might take longer, goes along with a lot of what I'm talking about with divergence. So. We'll see. I think there's a good opportunity for us to come down there, and that's where we're going to see this reversal that we're looking for. Again, like from what uh, everything that we've been seeing is like, there's so much. Even even if we do come up, it's only going to amount to so much before coming down again, right? Like if we get to thirty from here, we're probably then going to ten, and if we get to forty oh. from here, then we're probably coming back to twenty. You know, maybe. 17. Exactly. Enjoy the rally, but it's probably just a rally. Like exactly like you're saying. Yeah, enjoy the rally, but don't get glued and don't get too attached to it if you're seeing signs of, you know, trend continuation to the downside. You know, it might just be a rally if we get that push that we've been talking about. Exactly. 100%. It's the same situation that we had when we were moving up towards 48. We knew that there was major resistance at 48. We knew that if we couldn't get through that level, then that was the the likeliest you know action was to reject off of that level and take another step down, and that's exactly what we did. We were expecting the same sort of thing at thirty the first time we hit it, and instead we just broke below, you know, falling into the levels of twenty right away in a very short amount of period of time, no bounce in there. So I I'm really really yes, exactly. That's it's the most likely thing in my in my in my opinion, but at the same time, the way the economy is going, the way things are falling apart, the numbers that we're seeing, you know, the liquidity crisis that we're having is potentially pointing me to say that this rally that I think we need, this short term dead cat bounce in the medium term, medium macro may not happen as we think. You know, we should get to 30, but maybe we only touch 25, 26 one more time for some sort of hidden bearish in the medium term and then turn ourselves back down. Because if we continue to pound at 20, eventually it's going to break down, especially with the next lower high converging wave on the macro. Because, you know, we know that we have a converging wave in the medium macro. The weekly had a clear converging wave. This potentially the 25 rejection, you know, that could be it, but it feels more like we're going to push ourselves into those levels 
get a much clearer rejection off of the trend resistance before taking the next step down. And again, we we could be wrong just in in knowing that we're right on the in the danger zone of the Dixie and the 10-year yield spiking up from here. It would have been a hell of a lot better for our case if we'd held our weekly bearish structure instead of changing it over this week. It's very likely that it's going to close uh, the way it's looking right now, which is not 100% bullish, but still leaning towards the bullish case for the Dixie and the 10-year yield, which is the bearish case for the assets Bitcoin. Yeah, I, I like that. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's a leaning exactly. Um, right. And to give and something I just noticed even more confluence with what we're talking about, the weekly time frame, the triple confirmation indicator hasn't actually indicated another lower high. Our last high on the weekly time frame, it's actually saying was all the way back in March of 2022 at 48,000. It still hasn't even given us a lower high since then, which... You know, you don't just listen to everything the thing says, but dang, it's a, a ridiculously good indicator and so accurate. And that gives me more of a thought that we may have more of a rally and bounce here, like we're thinking, right. to then have that lower high actually be called in before we continue down and we get the divergences we're truly looking for. Right. Exactly. If they're if the smart money is accumulating in the zone, the most you know the thing that they would want would be a push-up to confirm the resistance one more time, to retest it, to take major profits, and then look for the next area to accumulate, whether that's going to be 20 again or whether that's going to be at 10. And I think time will tell with that answer, but, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's very likely that if we can't get back through 30 and we come all the way back to 20, I don't believe that it's going to hold this time around. Yeah. Let's yeah, I mean, oh, you just read my mind. I was like, let's get Pew in here. Let's get your opinion on uh, the overall traditional stuff. And I know you were talking a bit about uh, European energy and oil uh, before we started the session. So if you wanted to jump in a little bit, my friend. Sure, friends. And I think like it's, it's, it's kind of confluent with the technical analysis and the more or less market psychological analysis how, and how that relates to probabilistic thinking um you know it's a matter of how low can you go but at the same time as you open potato we're we're i think teetering is a word made up for where where everything is at at these levels you know it's like standing with your heels on the edge of a cliff not even on your tippy toes your heels because um yeah it, this is a, a week of financial history for sure um i think perhaps we start off pessimistically and end optimistically because ultimately yeah, I'm an optimist. Um, I think Powell decided on, like the Fed have decided that the Druckenmayer hypothesis, which is not even a hypothesis, it just means that inflation doesn't tend to go down until rates get higher than CPI. And looking back to the end of this kind of the bear market rally and this, this down leg that has become, in, in my opinion, very news driven, actually less kind of technicals driven and um, you know that was a, a cpi print in the us for august that you know and um, showed that it, it formed a higher low um uh, and that possibly could be a bit of a fake out um which is my hunch kind of going forward 
Um, if you want to look at a chart today, though, if people are looking at your screen, um, TTF is a ticker, and daily is a nice time frame. And it's kind of the Dutch exchange natural gas futures, which is a pretty good barometer instead of looking at like 27 different charts for the EU. Um, and what I've been noticing is, you know, if we go back to perhaps three or four weeks ago, um, it, it, it topped out with a divergence for us, I saw, at the same time as the market and politically and psychologically, you know, everyone was pricing in worst case scenario. And what happened thereafter, it, it didn't really have a strong reaction to news driven events, i.e. Um, Putin turning off gas problem one for good. Um, you know, no reduced, like it was very unexpected. Uh, and then uh, the mobilization at the beginning of this week, which the stock market, I don't know if I had, that was a, a key catalyst or not. Sorry, buddy, just a quick question. In the, the Dutch natural gas futures or the... Yeah, that's it. Okay. Sorry, Brent. No, it's okay. I should have slowed down. Making sure I'm showing the right thing. Yeah, and I'd love, um, you know, I'm kind of looking at the weekly and looking at... It looks a lot like Bitcoin in a way, in that it's touching those previous highs, uh, which were which are kind of short events in, in their own right. Um, you know, pretty spiky chart. TC down the daily, and you know, it's got a really interesting weekly close here um, because it hasn't reacted strongly since it it, it hit that peak mm-hmm. to Gazprom one being shut down and the mobilization this week it hasn't reacted that strongly even on the daily. Um, so what has driven it up there in terms of both fear and action, I think we've, we've already seen the worst case scenario. Um, I don't think this is going to turn around here and keep going to the sky in a short term. Mm -hmm. Uh, and with oil at 80 bucks today, you know, you're just seeing energy, which along with all the money that was pushed into the markets through COVID subsidies and all that. And then something that I think trends will probably understand to be able to articulate more, I think on money velocity, which is, you know, when all that money started turning after lockdowns ended, it creates a momentum effect with inflation called turning money. Um, so all these things like, you know, are kind of waves and it, it's trying to kind of judge the top. But when I look at energy, I think what has driven it up there, what has happened since. I think people have just gone to work and found alternative sources and the market is starting to work, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, many countries in Europe now, uh, diesel and petrol or gasoline is is back to pre-war levels. You know, that market has sorted itself out. Supply chains are sorting themselves out. The Baltic Dry Index, which is kind of a mean way of looking at supply chain and kind of freight costs, that's back to you know, pre-COVID levels. So whether that's true, this wave of inflation, Kind of mm. haven't worn itself out or and or demand destruction because people start buying stuff and they become too expensive and they have less in their pocket. It's um it's gonna be really interesting to kinda watch that correlation with the USD because when we look at TTF, it's it's what really has really driven the weakness in the Euro. The market's lost confidence in Europe because you know, its energy went very expensive. Um a lot of solutions being put in place now. Um that euro would definitely appreciate against the dollar um, as a European Central Bank are now getting serious and beginning to raise rates. Um, so, you know, you want to be careful when you kind of say, oh, mean reversion at levels, but you've got to guess probability that it'll bounce or break, I guess. And I, I just, like yourself and Jay, 
kind of analyzing. If we go straight down here, God knows where we go, but it's much more lucrative <laughs> if we if we just kind of bounce between some very key support and resistance lines. And that mm-hmm. goes. Yeah, I mean, the euro against dollar right now is coming down for its fifth touch of this trending support line starting back in around 2003, 2004. It only has two options here where it, it either spikes and it breaks through and we hit about 90 cents triggering us to smash back into the pattern and blow ourselves out of it, pushing us back towards the the 120, 618 level here and then continuing from there or it goes breaking through a bullish falling wedge, retesting and rejecting 96 to fall into the depths of levels we don't want. 68 cents. Yeah, when it launched, launch date, right back in 2000. Like, if we lose 90, we're in big trouble, or at least the euros in big trouble. We we all would be, I guess. I think it's just shy of 50 percent of profits to the S and P in a Russell come from Europe. You know, it's a globalized world. Um, I think with the action on the pound today, because the pound fell severely against both the dollar and the euro. Um, anyone's those charts are in um, in the economics channel. Um, like central bankers do talk to each other, you know, and I imagine there'll be a lot of phone calls bouncing around this weekend. Going, mm-hmm. look, Powell, <laughs> you know, I can do the accents for each Sri Lanka if you want, but they'll all be like, please, sir, can you like take your foot off the gas? <laughs> you know, you're going to break <laughs> us. I'm breaking us, going to break you. So if you soften while we catch up, because that's more or less what's happening, except for instance, the Canadians and Australians, they're taking our medicine. They're driving headlong in. I, I personally believe it's the right strategy. You know, they were quick to pour money into the economy. Just get it over with now. As long as you don't kill kill employment, you know, look after the poor and the homeless and all that. Actually, doesn't really cost that much, and, and just you know, stabilize this inflation situation and leave things play out a bit. Um, but that absolutely happened. Central bankers, you know, that happened throughout the last crisis and after the whole decade was arched, protected by, you know, most central bankers playing the same game. You know. So I don't see a reason for them not to, you know, cut the um cut the climbing rope at this point. Yeah, no, fair enough. It really is uh man. Everything so, just happens at once, doesn't it? Oh. And like it, it is hard to distinguish the chaos and the contrivances, you know, because the, I think the contrivances are just happen in reaction to the chaos and the pattern seems to speed up before it comes to a conclusion and I certainly see that with this war it's 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 coming to a head sooner than what people think i believe um it's a different kind of topic altogether but um i think i think wherever happens between now and christmas midterms and all that you know it's set up for another bear market rally or a bit of a uh, maybe it might be that vicious but um definitely a bit of relief um but longer term like Bonds staying this high are going to wreck a lot of investment funds. A lot of those own commercial mm-hmm. and residential property. Commercial property is getting slaughtered right now. I love it. I love it so much. I hate them. <laughs> They're getting killed. No one wants, with hybrid work and all this, average utilization per employee has gone from around 60% to around, they don't really know to measure it. That's actually my background, but it's gone to around 30 or 20%. Wow. Um. And it's like employers are starting to figure this out, man. And they're starting to figure out because energy consumption. They're like, wait a second, half as many people in the office, energy's gone expensive. Why am I 
paying this constant rate. So they're starting to ask themselves, then my next lease is coming up and it's absolutely killing commercial real estate. Um, and most of these funds, uh, these REIT funds, uh, you know, playing both worlds. So they're getting killed on one side. And I believe with residential real estate, it's, it's getting killed in most markets right now. You know, it's top out in Canada, US, Australia. Um, and at some stage, something's going to break. And I believe it's only after that that we can really see bottom in the macro sense. That bubble is definitely going to burst now, more convinced than ever. Yeah. Man, Trin wanted us to take a quick look at GBP USD. Mm-hmm. That was a terrifying chart as well. Everything just in comparison to the dollar is, is absolutely tanking. This is the most terrifying, though. Look at it daily. It was after the budget was announced. They had to save it. Like I said, everything and its dog is sitting at a critical level. And it's no coincidence that all the stars are aligned at the same time. We definitely, you know, if history is to repeat, then the Dixie should reject here and reverse. Or we're going to see some some dramatic fake out where we spike quickly and come back just as quickly again. Like the Dixie breaking up here is going to obviously take the GBP, the Euro, the Canadian, the Aussie dollar, everything else and shove it through a level that overall would be very bad for the rest of the countries. Like an Aaron Schwarzenegger movie, he's just beating up all these baddies, like two handed, putting two heads through a wall and trying to express those loving us. That dude is like, oh, I might buy a house in the UK. And like a week later, he's like, I'll buy Buckingham Palace. And like after <laughs> they the pound it today, you can upgrade, man. You can probably buy like Balmoral as well. You know, throw it in because your, your greenbacks are <laughs> like, it's just free money at the moment. And it, it's not going to change, man. This is, this is the weakest the pound has been versus the dollars in 38 years. Yeah. This is like major stuff. And it's, um, it, it's not good. It's really not. And their their real estate is just that is just such a crazy bubble. You know, again, as we looked at gas in the beginning, I am optimistic. I think I think you know it's going to be really good for trading. Um, I think there is going to be a lot of opportunities. But if you want to look at something, you know, a bit dirty, I've seen uh, Mr. XRP has been doing something this week. I'm not even going to give it my time of day. I I did see that we had a almost a fifty percent rally in it. I'm not sure what sparked the whole thing other than maybe it had overextended itself in the first place to the downside, just trying to catch up back to level. So when if things do fall off a cliff here, obviously it only falls to those local lows rather than, you know, new <laughs> like all time lows type of deal. But I don't think that there was anything major that triggered that event other than the overextension that, you know, it fell so much or whatever for the reasoning behind it. I'm not sure, but it's going to be short lived gains. I don't believe that it's going to stay in those higher levels for too, too long. Obviously, unless your macros continue turning around and confirm back into the upside fashion. Love the way you almost spit on it. (laughs) (laughs) Just talking about what we're doing with our trades right now, everybody. Obviously, the macros are still short, looking for macro reshorts as long as the weekly uh, is still TC down. If we do end up continuing to turn up here in the midterms and the short terms, starting entries might not be a bad idea. But 
I really think that waiting for the 16 hour or the daily, whatever time frame you prefer, uh, is TC'd up and has confirmed the latest divergence. It's it's a it's a risky place to be. You're risking it for the biscuit. You know, it's definitely like trying to say, oh man, we just have another four hour, six hour bullish divergence stacked up. We don't have a converging wave yet. We don't have the divergence confirmed on those mid to higher time frames. But it's definitely the the area to be taking some more profit off on your shorts, adding starting positions into the long. Again, it's you know we we were looking at nineteen to twenty before we went up to twenty five. We knew that that was going to be our minimum. We ended up pulling back from there. We're back at these levels again. I don't think that you know you should be scared to take or add a starting position in these areas um, as long as we don't break below. I want to say eighteen five. 17.5 would be super, super safe, in my opinion. But it is possible that we have some sort of, you know, weekend wick shenanigans out of nowhere over the next two weeks where people are going to get pushed out. And from that liquidity grab, that would be the momentum we need to, to get this medium term dead cat bounce. It's very possible the fact that we keep getting the 16 hour and daily trying to turn back up. The divergence is stacked, but they won't confirm and they keep getting pushed before they can do so. You know, there's there's definitely some degree of manipulation going on right now. And uh, yeah, it's just important to pay attention to that, to what's going to happen on next week's open. And then, of course, with the monthly close, depending on where we're at with that, the average of the month is already pretty much set in stone, but the open may open at a higher point and continue from there. It is likely and possible. So don't count your ducks out yet. With all that said, my friends, of course, we appreciate you guys taking the time to listen today. As always, make sure you check out website tripleconfirmation.com for all the fine details. Make sure you test out our alpha bot as it is free to do so right now. Um, we'll have much more news coming out for you in the next couple months about how things are going. We'll do a profit email to show you what it's been making so far once we have those numbers and information about beta when it's due as well so yes with all that said guys appreciate your time hopefully you have a great rest of your day take care bye-bye